Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley, trying not to sneeze right now. <laughs> Bad timing. Had a sneeze Welcome to the most there. professional podcast on and the I air. I stifled it. Okay, our top story... First of all, just a little housekeeping announcement. We do have our patron saint Zoom party on Saturday. So if you are interested in being on screen with us and talking about crypto, we have a crypto 101 little tutorial to start and then we'll open it up to conversations. And we are doing that for patron saints. So if you want to join us, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report, become a patron saint, even if only for a month. And now on to our top story of the day. These winds and tornadoes and this extreme weather in the Midwest has continued to dominate the headlines. And one thing that caught my ear today was that these were the first December tornadoes ever on record in Minnesota. And I also saw a crazy headline, a shocking headline on CNN Dot com that said five children dead as bouncy house lifts off the ground in high wind. I couldn't believe it. That was really a shocking story. And I thought, wow, they're really taking this to 11, uh, only to discover that the bouncy house incident was in Tasmania, which is an island state of Australia. So not exactly having to do with the tornadoes and stuff that it was next to on the on the news. But it made me realize as plus somebody sent me, which I went on and tweeted, the New York Times had this article with a a video that was just this it, just a horror and it, and it had maybe I, I guess it was 30 seconds but it was just five second clips one after another of floods of houses being robbed of people crying and the and overlaid were words that said stuff like we argued we bickered we we wasted time and now look where we are and as this stuff has been mounting just over the past few days i have been thinking about what we were talking about you mentioned it the other day and um we're pointing out a conversation we had with pq where he said that they would have like a massive false flag, a climate oriented false flag, maybe even woven in with a pandemic element so that like, you know, cholera is something about well water. Like you can have environmental factors that contribute to pandemics. And uh, that was his idea of something big, but I'll tell you, that's okay what they did with terrorism, but it's not what they're doing with gun control via mass shooting events, for example. Those are just being peppered, peppered, peppered. Um, They happen regularly. They do have big ones. And we have seen those that get a lot of attention and change the world and just rack up the numbers. But I think that they're that they are definitely accelerating these events. And you can question whether I think that even the weather can be controlled. We know they can control the weather. They've admitted that they can control the weather. They have used the weather as a false multiplier. They continue to study using weather as a false multiplier, as a weapon of war. And the question then is not if they're doing it, but if they if they can do it and they are doing it, then they're responsible and they're serving an agenda. But they can, if they can do it and they aren't doing it or aren't stopping it, That also, I mean, let it happen on purpose is an element of a strategy of tension or a strategy of terror, in my opinion, in this case. 
specifically or to reference the original one where Ben Livingston, who was a pilot during uh, Popeye, where they used weapons, uh, whether as a false force multiplier in Vietnam that he was saying with Katrina, it's he didn't think that they caused Katrina. Now, I think they probably did because there was an event 201 right before Katrina, that kind of type thing where they were rehearsing for that exact type of hurricane in that exact city. But he was saying that he didn't think they did it, but he did. He thought that they should have stopped it, that they could have done things to keep it from happening. And he held them accountable for that. So in any case, they're not helping. They could help. I think they're actually hurting. And then there was one more weather-related thing. The actual video from the New York Times was titled World on Fire, I believe. And this went along with an arrest they made of a couple of guys in California for the Caldor Fire, which was a very big fire here. And they yesterday was very mysterious. They were arrested. They were held on a million dollars of bail. And the only thing that it got out that they were charged with, it, it was arson, but they didn't talk about the method. They did talk about charging them with owning a machine gun. And I immediately thought, okay, they're going to say they shot off the gun and it sparked the fire, yada, yada. Now, these guys had called in the fire. They had seen the fire. They had warned people. They told people to get out because there was a fire raging. And that just goes to show you when you put your name on the record what happens the bail was reduced to like twenty five thousand dollars each or twenty five and fifty thousand from a million because there's basically no evidence for that there's just shells that may or may not be there in that vicinity but there is absolutely no evidence according to their lawyer anyway that the sparks started the fire or that you even do spark it like it even could have but there are plenty of other fishy stories in Australia and in California of how these fires start. And I would say that the the starting the fires is even more clearly false flag or psychological operations. I mean, you you have to conclude what you want. They did charge PG&E. They actually, I believe, went bankrupt having uh, had to fess up for what for the deaths they caused from a fire that they did cause. Now you can say it was negligent or you could think maybe it's something more sinister to serve a higher agenda or a lower agenda as the case may be. Yeah, they definitely manipulate the weather. We had the story earlier this week where China was, I mean, they have their bureau of like weather manipulation where they had made a storm stop for a brief time while they were having a big event outdoors. And then after the event ended, the storm just was onslaught. They just stopped it for long enough to do the event. And the fact that that's out there and they kind of separate that from climate change, like those two wouldn't have anything to do with each other. It is. It's like a strategy of terror because, you know, you see it, you see the stories, you can read the documents, but here people are saying you're crazy if you bring it up. That's a it's a confusion thing just to keep people fighting and in chaos. And you were right from the very beginning and others have said it, too, that they're just going to slide all of their emergency measures, all of their justification to use uh, emergency authorization for this power, that power, powers that are completely outside their legitimate mandate or whatever we call it legitimate or not. But any arguable mandate they get from our foundational documents, they meaning the federal government or even the other governments, they're going to use the precedent set during COVID to extend to climate change. They tried to do a climate change straight up. It didn't work. But now that it's been set, and of course, lockdowns is a big part of how to keep people from using fossil fuels, right? So lockdowns would be a primary method for climate change 
policy uh, outside the scope of the foundational documents, in my opinion. Oops, can't hear you. I had my mic muted there. Speaking of policies, we had an executive order signed by Biden earlier this week, and we've had these stories that we've been detailing here of cloud computing, cloud storage, Internet, whatever, all being hacked or breaking down the Amazon story where their cloud thing was it, it went down and it just crippled smart homes across America. There was a story of the most dangerous bug in the mo- in the modern computing era that is out right now, and they say is infecting all corporations, allowing people to just overtake their systems. There's hospitals getting hijacked with cyber attacks. And we hear more stories like that every day, and yet the push to get us onto these cloud and digital and virtual networks is stronger every day as well. And Biden signed an executive order kind of uh, that fits along that theme, and the executive order is called, it's got an interesting name here, it's an executive order on improving the federal customer experience. That's what the theme of it is. The title of it is Transforming Federal Customer Experience and Service Delivery to Rebuild Trust in Government. And the gist of it is they're going to take all these essential services that the government provides for people and they want to fully digitize them. They want to remove all barriers for getting to them for for getting whatever you know, passports, documents you need, immigration stuff, everything. They want to move it online and they want to have all of the information stored there for transparency. And you read through this thing and they have these two different definitions of transparency. We had transparency that you and I talk about where it's like they need to show the entire court case. They need to show police. If police are going to be filming us, we need to be able to see what the police are doing all the time. Their, their cams, I believe you've talked something about like that before with their body cams. Here, the transparency they talk about is we want full transparency on data, on everything, on the way businesses are using the funding, the way that the people that we're giving money to is using it for the sake of equity. So they want transparency for the sake of discriminating against certain <laughs> groups of people for the sake of equity. And that's what this the whole thing boils down to. This whole thing is, for, is framed as we're going to make your life so much easier, but everything is going to be digitized. We're going to have all your information. It's going to be a centralized location. And if you are in a certain group that we decide has been privileged, we're going to use that information and transparency against your group and it may or may not affect you so i mean that's kind of the gist of it is that really can you reread that part that i'm just summing it up because it's a really long order yeah yeah okay Uh, okay here's here's why here's what they did to what the action they took for this executive order they designated 35 high impact service providers and federal agencies as key service providers due to the volume of the types of benefits service and programs they deliver to the public and as part of this executive order these agencies commit to putting their customers at the center of everything they do these actions include modernizing programs reducing administrative burdens and piloting new online tools and technologies that can provide the seamless customer experience and they are they're calling this like the the digital it, it's it's named I can't I don't have the name written right here but they're naming it digital so they're attaching digital right. to all these but does it really say that it I I think I missed the part where it said that it's like uh equity based or oh it's all equity based yeah like for example one of their one of the groups are going to be supporting they say is this this order is to support women infants and children and for the 40 for the 43 percent of women delivering all of the births in the United States each year covered by Medicaid, the patients are going to have better access to more equitable care, to more equitable service, will address the inequities in maternal health. So every single description right. yeah. is is laced with equity and inequity and evening things I, out. 
I showed this to you recently. I was at the DMV and I had a terrible experience and I happened to get a text saying, how was your experience on a scale of one to five? So I put a one in and it came back and said, I can't understand your response. It's wrong. That's like yeah, wrong so answer. I did it again. It's like, I can't understand your response. So then, I mean, I didn't care at that point. I put in like a three or something and it said, thank you for your response. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's great. It I mean, I think that's great. I mean, it's crazy, but it's also whatever it's at this perfect, point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that what, what I expect with this executive order is this is an ESG type of move. This is a very much in line with the great reset social governance standards that they're trying to implement across the world. And we've seen companies and corporations doing whether it's commercials talking about equity or, or climate change or whatever or policies or their whether they take somebody off the board and put somebody who represents a certain group on the board. The, those are ESG moves. This is the government making an ESG move saying, here is our transparency to you, Klaus Schwab, of how we're going to be implementing equity policies throughout the government. And of course, digitizing does massive amounts of data. They can oh, contribute yeah. to precision. They can make it modular and regular in accordance with international laws, which I have something yeah. to say about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I almost forgot this point. What this also does is this forces people who are in rural areas who don't have access to Internet. So this creates an inequality by digitizing yes, everything. Excellent. It makes the people yes. in rural areas not I mean, have excellent access point. to it. It's not a good thing, but that's right. a good point. But that, that forces them to get right. on there and it forces everybody to be dependent on their system, which we see every day is getting hacked and data is being stolen. They did. I mean, Obamacare for me was the first thing that absolutely required every person on earth to register because you don't have to get a social security card if you never work. You don't have to go into the selective service if you're not a male of a certain age. But Obamacare, everybody has to register in that system. And that then allows them to penetrate every little nook and cranny of, of American society. But the, the fact that this stuff does conform with these international movements, initiatives, private international initiatives, by the way, I mean, this is international fascism. It's like, yeah. it's like Nazi without the nationalist. So the build back better, which headlines are saying is on the ropes because of Joe Manchin, who continues to throw up like different objections, I think. So today his objection is that the child credit extension, which is expensive, isn't being accounted for properly by the CBO because it wouldn't really just be one year. But that seems like such a uh, you know, minor point for a Democrat or why would a Democrat bring that up? I think he is up for re-election. So maybe it's as simple as that. I don't usually find it to be that simple, but it could be. But my point is just this whole build back better thing is an international expression. It is an international initiative. And we it is. I thought it was Biden's word. He always says that's my that's what I say. So it's just not it's illegitimate. You're not allowed to do international initiatives with and not to mention a lot of his stuff is like the executive orders and stuff are not even of the legislative body. But the fact that it's it's basically legislation being dictated by a body outside the United States is um, illegal. And, and if you read the North American Union document that William Weld and Heidi Cruz put together, you will find that they um, 
I think it says in there we can't actually have legislatures from around the world coordinate because it's against the American Constitution. So we have to have like a shadow group like the Bilderberg group. It literally says like the Bilderberg group to coordinate legislation from Canada to United States to Mexico with an eye towards making it the most restrictive of the three legal regimes in any given area. So if it was labor or climate or whatever they would take of those three countries, the most restrictive legal regime and impose it and use this shadow entity to guide the legislation. And there's no doubt in my mind that that's part of all of this stuff. Yeah, me either. And it's a little insulting that Biden's going around plagiarizing Klaus Schwab, who literally has two books that are about building back better under different titles. Yes. I mean, it and was originally from the Haitian earthquake. That was the first use like of the years term. Years ago, a long time ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. It's just insulting. No, that he, he's like, I came up with it. That's my plan. It, you have to just be completely and, in a yeah, silo. To, totally to unaware. Now, Schumer in, is barely even talking about this Build Back Better plan anymore, which was being called the Human Infrastructure Plan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he is now turning his focus to election, the election integrity bill. So ready, get ready for that to be really important right in the fore. And maybe it'll yep. be something that Stacey Abrams gets to talk about a lot during her gubernatorial campaign. Uh, yes. But even though it's a federal legislation and really has nothing to do with being the governor of Georgia, she would yeah. just be opining on it as an opportunity opportunity to look smart but i imagine I think, that she will yeah i think we're going to hear every single election up until 2024 that's going to be the primary talking point it's just going to be the different sides of it just like we've seen in georgia because we have raffensperger who's actually preventing election integrity writing books called integrity about elections because he's framing it in some convoluted way for his side and then you have the people on trump's side you're talking about it through his lens and Trump is going to make that the central center of his campaign. And so everything else will follow. And Trump, true social, by the way, I don't know if you guys ever sign up for any of these text messages or sometimes you don't even mean to. And you end up in a text banking chain from Obama, from Kamala, from Biden, from Trump. Well, Biden and Trump send text messages all the time. They send me personal text messages all the time. They say, hey, you. I got a hat just for you. Last one, you know, like they're giving me some inside information. And Trump's text messaging, text banking team are very aggressive. They're a lot funnier than Biden's, but they're very, very hard sell aggressive. And they've been pushing. A little cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been pushing the true social a little bit lately. And I I got a a true social text, text earlier this week that it tells us Trump alert. Trump is making his comeback with a social media platform all his own, and we want you in all caps. It's like the poster. We want you, you know, the military poster. <laughs> yeah. We want Uncle you to Sam. join. That's exactly what the poster says, actually. And it includes a link, and when you click on the link, it takes you to a page where it lets you choose what your future username could be on True oh, Social. What it could that's be. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so it says, do you want to choose your username? It has a little box, and you can type it in. It's funny because, like, right below it, it, well, there's a little time ticker from 10 minutes down. It's ticking down, 9.58, 9.57. And the right below that, it says, you got 10 minutes to choose or we're moving on. You know, like that's your <laughs> last chance. And then if you put your name in, it takes you to another page, which is a fundraising page for the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And it, you have to put in your credit card information in order to move forward. So there's a little bit of a catch to being able to pre-arrange your username on there if you want to reserve it now and it got me thinking because 
he they've also announced he's going to be opening up a, a group subscription video service, just like CNN's doing, just like MSNBC, just like all of them are doing. And this all relates to the metaverse. How much would someone be willing to pay for a little slot of land in the corner of Trump metaverse? That's what this this username makes me think of. And I think we could be seeing it go that way because these wealthy people buy up all these plots of lands and they use their they use the polarization. They use the tribalism to say, you know what, I'm going to reserve you a little bit of slot and Trump towers in the metaverse. How much are you willing that to would pay? Be super cool. I know. I think that that will happen, and I'm wondering what people will give up for it, what they will pay just to be able to say that they own this digital piece of Trump verse. Kind of like a Trump coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it also makes me wonder if this whole – there probably will be a Trump coin, by the way. That's, that's a great point. It makes me wonder – because Trump does this campaign about true social, and it's like they're, they're going to launch true social, and I believe they're going to do that. But everything is always a campaign to raise money. Everything is fundraising yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. They're grifters for sure. They oh. all are. They all are. So, uh, yeah. Did, have you been following all the utter BS coming out of the January 6th stuff? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't have it as a story. I just I've been I was trying to read the CNN article. I'm sure it was by Chris Saliza. Right. I mean, it just had to have been. And it was just three quarters of the way through it. I couldn't take it anymore. And, and you can imagine I have a very high tolerance for utter propaganda after all these years. Yeah. And it was just unsubstantiated claim after unsubstantiated claim of how Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and Mark Meadows were begging Trump to call it off and to tell the people to stand down and all of that. Like, this isn't good. We're destroying. He's destroying his legacy. If that is true. If if Laura Ingram, see, but he did it, tell them to stand down, right? But I mean, to stand down. It, so the way the article was written, it did have like a couple of out of context quotes from those people, and I, I wish I had seen the whole all the transcripts and everything. That would be I don't I don't have the patience for that. But they obviously when you take stuff like that out of context, it can really not mean what it seems like it means. Or those people could be playing along with this because this is big drama like this. This really those two hosts now get to really talk about this a lot. They get to defend themselves. They get yeah. to continue to talk about Trump. We don't talk about Trump anymore too much. It was really fun being able to talk about Trump a lot right. and they get to keep doing it. So it wouldn't surprise me if they well, play along with it. But there is no yeah. standing down. There's nothing going on. They have the anniversary coming up so yes. they're keeping it in the minds of the public so that they can have this to talk about around the anniversary and i'm sure there's going to be sad 9-11 like events you know every year they used to every year do the 9-11 thing where people would just take that moment of silence and be all the stuff on tv recounting it we're going to see that on january 6th oh, we'll have the sad yeah. music intercutting between point. the scenes and, and that nancy pelosi giving a speech on capitol hill those yeah. uh arbery guys are were convicted which of murder which yeah. i mean surprise it doesn't necessarily surprise me but when you look at the video i mean murder is kind of premeditated i would think so uh i'm not sure how much of the jury got to see everything that we got or maybe they got to see more than we got to see but anyway those all three of them were convicted and they will be sentenced on january 7th and i just wondered if that <laughs> would dovetail with some yeah kind of, of course media I mean, of activity course does. yeah and they also when they talk about it they presume trump had all knowledge of the situation every detail of it everywhere as though he were batman sitting in a cave and he had 40 monitors Wait, in front of, of what? Them. 
Of what? Uh, of every single activity, go, all the videos they've saying, shown. All they did was they opened the doors. They let people in. They walked them through. The original videos that we were seeing and the people that we were talking about, they all jive. The stuff that came up later, in, in my opinion, is all made up. Oh, yeah. A lot of it seems very coordinated. A lot of the videos are strange the way they're shot with like a GoPro and they seem very... And it took months for them to come out with any of that. And yeah. and a big tell to me is that they effectively chilled every single solitary person, even putting up any of their videos, all of which, in my opinion, will show peaceful protests, if not a few agents provocateur here and there. But but I would say ninety nine point nine 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 percent will demonstrate that this is all crap. But because they doxed people and started harassing people and going to people's houses for those pictures being on Facebook. Now, nobody will put those pictures up. So there yeah. is no counter evidence. They're terror. It's terror. It's that strategy of tension. The East Arlo strategy yeah. of terror. They've Quick been thing. chilled. Yeah, exactly. I was talking to a, a friend at my friend's birthday party who is, I know is a progressive, very super into MSNBC and all that. And he was telling me about his kid's baseball game and some of the parents getting upset. And he doesn't know where I stand politically. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what they do insurrect the Little League game. And he just started laughing his ass off. And I was like, yeah, I bet they had MAGA hats on, too. It's, I, I just play. It's just they just have no idea that I was like mocking him subtly. Because he was just so into like, yeah, the insurrection MAGA hat. Yeah, it's- no, that that has happened to me. I, I I never did tell you the story. Maybe in XR I'll tell you about when I was talking to my European friend. I said, what about those vax mandates? And he was just like, I know. I, I can't <laughs> believe that we made such a botchery of that. We really should have done a better job. I was like, oh, yeah. who are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Before we get to our last big story of the Free 30, in which we're going to talk about Obama's top books of 2021. Very exciting stuff. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is the disturbing consequences of eating avocados. Monica, I want to see if you have any insight into what those might be before we talk about those in the XR, in the XR. And also, is Tucker Carlson even fishier than we thought? That would be pretty fishy, I'd have to say. (laughs) Oh, it's fishy. All right. And... Of course, a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science, truehempscience.com, truehempscience.com, promo code, prop code. They are your CBD experts. What makes True Hemp Science different and great is that they create handcraft quality, full spectrum CBD products by sourcing the highest grade hemp from around the world. I love their Acapulco Gold Lotion with hemp extract. I love their camo hats, which you might have seen me wear in a couple of live streams. We did a live stream with the True Hemp Science Christopher last night. Yeah, and was it was fantastic. Fun. I seriously we learned, learned, learned so much. Yeah, I learned like- so much about hemp. I was not somebody who was really a big CBD guy. I like some of the stuff, but the knowledge that him and Aviva brought kind of a deeper knowledge. It was just yeah. so informative to me. And now I'm, I'm, I was, I took some CBD last night. I love it. And they have awesome t-shirts as well. Check them out at truehempscience.com. They have a lot of great products. And as I said, the guys who run the business, they will help you understand CBD and they will help you understand how you can use it to help you in a variety of ways. So email them, talk to them. They'll help you out. Truehempscience.com, promo code, prop code. And also, check us out on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. What you get there is ad-free DNB XR Monday through Wednesday with DNB XR live streamed with video and interactive chat every Thursday today. 
All Propaganda Report deep dives every other Friday. You get all of our interviews posted early release with video when available, and that's exclusively on Rockfin. And all the Rockfin content of all Rockfin creators, including our friends Sam Tripley, The Mad Ones, Whitney Webb, Jimmy Dore, and hundreds of others, $9.99. You get all of that stuff, and you get to see on Rockfin the stuff that you cannot find on Twitter anymore, because not Twitter, on YouTube, because they just don't allow you to talk and ask questions on YouTube anymore. Rockfin does. They allow free speech. Liberty Platform. Check it out. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And now on to our last story of the free 30. All right. So I love stories like this. When I see a headline or a post from a former president or a prominent public figure who is releasing their annual list of top 10 books or movies or music, because these types of posts don't even try to hide that they're propaganda. They might as well just have written across the top. This is propaganda and you're not going to care because it's just so laced with themes. And even the way Oza- yeah. Obama presents this. There's a, so there's looking at the, this top 10 list at the content, the books itself and the, the rollout of it, which is the way he frames it. in. you know, this tough pandemic year it got me thinking with all the books and and music and movies that I, I, I watched and read and how it things that made a lasting impression. And that's one thing that stuck out to me. He said that these books in the backdrop drop of the pandemic year we had this year, these are the books he read that have made a lasting impression, which I, what's your definition of lasting? If you've read the book within the past year, is that true? <laughs> How do you know it's going to last? Yeah, you have no idea. But that's the kind of the way he sets it up. And then the way it's rolled out, it's very professional looking. It's, a, it's obviously created in some, you know, a word document you had to pay for, like a template or something like that. I just can't imagine Obama sitting there making a word template with his oh, nice I'm little sure border. Oh, I'm sure he had nothing to do with that, any of this. Yeah, it's just hilarious to think I'm about. I'm surprised if he even read it. Yeah, me too. Obama's got a really active Twitter and Instagram. It would just be really funny if these guys were actually really just tweeting and doing selfies all the time. It's, just, it's utterly absurd. But here are some of the books. There's about 20 of them. I'm only going to give you a handful of them just to give you an idea of the themes. The first one, a little double meaning, is titled Matrix by Lauren Groff. And it is her first novel uh, in years, and it is a defiant and timely exploration of the raw power of female creativity in a corrupted world. Kamala might identify with that book, perhaps. Another one is How the World or how the word is passed a reckoning with the history of slavery across America. And this follows the, the main character. He goes, travels to his hometown and around the world. And it takes, takes you on a tour of these unforgettable monuments and landmarks, those that are honest about the past and those that are not, which was a major theme of 2020 and 2021, the toppling of the monuments, the debates around the monuments and stuff like that. So Obama's got a favorite book right there to help you understand those better. (laughs) Another one is The Final Revival of Opal, and this is a narrative about music, race, and family. This entire book is just – it's a identity politics, racial, like racially it. kind of divisive idea. And not to say that there's not some real stories and stuff that should be exposed like that. But My all guess of is these, it's good. I bet yeah. it's well-written. Oh, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's great. All yeah, of these books well-written. are identity politics, yeah. climate – yeah. You know, 
equity, equality, they all have the same themes as the Build Back Better, the Great Reset that Obama's pushing. I, I thought it would have been hilarious if he would have been like, here's my top 10 books of the year. And they were all just those Trump hate books that what's his name from the. Or it would be even more accurate if it's like Pulp Fiction or something, not Pulp Fiction, but fiction that's written on pulp, like, you know, just dime store novels that he just reads for yeah, fun. Yeah, good books that he really likes. What do you really read? And hang you out know? Beyonce. But if you look at the Pulitzer list or the Nobel Prizes, they're all political. They've been political for years. So to the point where if I see that something's won a Pulitzer Prize, I won't read it. Every single book on this list has won something like that. Yeah, I won't read it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So, all right, well, let's um, let's move on to the XR. And I would also ask people. So, if you are watching on YouTube or whatever, then this is the free stuff. It's going to end. But if you want to watch the whole DNB XR live, zip on over to Rockfin. You'd have to subscribe real quick. But if you are watching on Rockfin. Ask your questions, even if you um, are just watching the free, you can ask your questions on there. We're going to do some Q&A at the very, very end. And that will be in the DNB XR audio feed as well. So we'll see you soon (laughs) in the XR. Otherwise, tomorrow we have a great interview dropping from the astrotheologist Micah Dank, whose book I'm reading right now, uh, as far as listing books out. There you go. And uh, we'll be back next week with our DNB on Monday. Fantastic. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We will talk to you tomorrow or the DNBXR and have a great rest of your day.